This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Sort of a mixed bag of ACC football this weekend. Carolina was great, especially in the second half. Wake Forest was, well, what's the opposite of great? Whew! My gosh! And we had Clemson off. But Clemson is going to get back on at South Bend against Notre Dame next week or this Saturday night. Should be a blast. Carolina and State and Wake all have uh, all have important games. So let's talk about it. Kelly Gramlick, Gramlick and MacLean, the podcast and the cover art for the podcast. Uh, I appreciate the fact that uh, Kelly is spinning a football like it was a basketball because she was a basketball star at Clemson, but uh, a great, a brilliant football mind, as we've been talking about with the with the case of uh, Panthers head coach Steve Wilkes, uh, who I would like to see get the gig. Uh, overall, this was sort of, w- of a weird weekend for the ACC. Syracuse got run over at home by Notre Dame. Wake Forest was an, like a tire fire <laughs> at Louisville, but... Carolina was really good. So let's start with the Tar Heels. Are uh, we going to start seeing more hype for Drake May and the Heisman Trophy? Let's start with the Tar Heels. Start with the good, yeah. Adam, because otherwise, you know, this weekend, I, I'm calling it kind of a spooky weekend. I think ah. it was it was a Halloween weekend that the ACC would like to forget. But UNC does not want to forget it. And I think Drake May, you know, for, for most people in ACC country, he's already been in the Heisman conversation. But I think other people are starting to take notice because you just can't ignore his numbers. And when your team is seven and one, people will pay much more attention to you than if your team is five and three or something like that. And so UNC and the fact that they keep winning and finding a way is really big for. I think that he is taking a little bit of an approach similar to Kenny Pickett last year, not by choice, just by how the media is treating him because last year, and you know, Kenny Pickett had much more of a, um, a history beforehand, and the history wasn't great. Drake May is obviously a first-year starter. But last year, as Pitt continued to win, and as Kenny Pickett continued to put up great numbers, you couldn't ignore him anymore. And that's where I think we are with Drake May. And the biggest key for me is that UNC continues to win, and, and they have to make sure they continue to do that and handle business at Virginia this weekend. <laughs> but I see a lot of similarities between Kenny Pickett's rise to get to New York last year and Drake May's right now. Oh, this, there's no question. You know, it's funny. We were talking more about it from a Pan- Panthers point of view, and the whole timing is everything uh, thing might not work out in their favor because they're going to mm-hmm. have one of the first picks in the draft, and uh, Drake May is not going to be in it, which for me, I think that we shouldn't have this waiting period, but we do in football. But the numbers that May has put up are frighteningly similar to those of C.J. Stroud. I mean, right down to the fact they've got the same number of touchdowns. Uh, the only real difference is that Stroud's yards per reception or completion is one yard higher than Drake Mays. That's that's the only difference, and the fact that his team is undefeated and competing for a national championship. But there shouldn't be that big a gap between them and the Heisman Trophy, uh, but there's a pretty substantial one. Well, it's the Ohio State factor. Yeah. You know, we've seen a lot of Ohio State quarterbacks recently get that kind of love and, and that Heisman conversation. And, you know, I think with the Big Ten. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. 
financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone could do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's a long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan if you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Obviously, one side is, is pretty awful, uh, the Big Ten West. And the other side, you've got Michigan and Ohio State, and they're going to play, and, and we'll see what happens there. But I think Ohio State at times has looked pretty human this year. They, mm-hmm. they beat Penn State, but Penn State really was in control of that game until you had the crazy two touchdowns in a span of less than a minute, which was insane. So <laughs> I think he's getting that credit because he's an Ohio State quarterback and because we knew about him coming in. Yeah. Drake May has come out of nowhere a little bit. But when you look at their common opponent, it's interesting. They both have played Notre Dame. Obviously, North Carolina lost to Notre Dame, which hurts Drake May's resume, even though Drake May did everything possible. Drake May put up better numbers against Notre Dame than Stroud did. But when you get that win, I think people are more likely to give the quarterback credit for that, even though we know that uh, UNC's defense let them down in that game. Right, and it's really also a when you played them. When Ohio State played Notre Dame, they were fifth in the country. Whether or not they were the fifth best team, really, they were fifth in the country then. Uh, And that has a lot to do with everything. And North Carolina played them after they also lost at home to Marshall uh, and had a hard time beating, I think it was Cal, uh, they had a hard time mm-hmm. with Cal. Here's the other thing about North Carolina. Kelly Gramlich from the ACC Network and the Gramlich and Mac Lane podcast, uh, which has their uh, post-Week 9 edition out. The Carolina's defense has, and again, we have to say who they played. Pitt doesn't have a great offense. Um, but Carolina's defense has taken some steps forward Over the last few weeks, they only allowed 60 yards combined on the last four drives by the Panthers. Uh, So there is, I guess, that to also point to as a team that's improving. Yeah, I think you can definitely say that this defense is improving. And we know Gene Chizik's pedigree and how good he is. And there are five stars on this defense. We haven't seen... Some of them, I think Tony Grimes has been playing pretty well, but we haven't seen kind of the the five-star performances that we thought. But it feels like this defense is getting better. At times, they're forcing turnovers. And really, in the second half, they've been better for whatever reason. They were pretty good against Miami as well. Duke, they did let Duke score, but I thought it was encouraging. You know, there's Pitt's a team that's become very one-dimensional, and you should be able to slow down a one-dimensional team. In that first half, Izzy Abanikanda, who, by the way, if his team was any good, he could perhaps be in the Heisman conversation <laughs> because he's special. Yeah. But, you know, Pitt being 4-4 four and four is not going to help. I, I do think that we have seen good signs from UNC. This weekend, not that Virginia – now, I know Virginia has been a little bit of a house of horrors for the Tar Heels over the years. But you need to see a performance from UNC's defense this week where they give up, like, 10 or less points. I mean, this Virginia offense is just terrible, as we saw with the Miami-UVA game. So I think it would be very encouraging if UNC can hold UVA – to a low number, you'll think, okay, this defense is really heading in the right direction. I think Virginia and Miami was the Spider-Man meme. Spider-Man versus yeah, the Spider-Man meme. Just <laughs> just a terrible, terrible football game. Uh, all right, I'm going to get to Wake in a minute and Wake and State play so we could talk about that game. But I am curious, 
Clemson going to Notre Dame, the way Notre Dame played at Syracuse, 265 yards on the ground. Uh, what are your thoughts about that game? Because I think it's I think it's a really dangerous spot for the Tigers. Well, the last time Clemson went to Notre Dame, they lost. Now, of course, Trevor Lawrence had COVID, but DJU played pretty well yeah. in that game. I think if you're Notre Dame, you ran all over Syracuse. Syracuse plays a three-three-five, and they're pretty small up front. Their D-line is not the strength of their team. And they were able to run all over them, and they just kept – they ran the ball, what, 50 times? Yeah. You can't do that against Clemson. I don't think that's going to work. With the guys that Clemson has up front, you're going to have to be a little more creative. Now, they do have Michael Mayer who is the best tight end in the country, I think overall the best tight end, and he is a weapon. But with this offense being pretty one-dimensional and Drew Pine being kind of a hand-the-ball-off guy, I think that Clemson's defense is going to be able to show up and, and limit this Notre Dame offense in a way that Syracuse just couldn't. But on the other side for Clemson, you have a QB situation. The last time Clemson went up there, DJU was coming off a great game against B.C., and he played probably the best game of his career right. at Notre Dame. Now you've got DJU coming off being benched against Syracuse and then coming off a bye week, which I think that can either help or hurt when you've been benched. So there's still some questions with this offense, but I just think this Clemson defense is starting to find itself. And Notre Dame, because of how one-dimensional they are, I think Clemson's going to be able to have a lot of success defensively. Is this a low-scoring game, you think? I think lower, yeah. Probably played in the in the high 20s, low 30s for Clemson, and then maybe like low 20s for Notre Dame. I could okay. see a, a 31-17, 31-21 kind of game. I think Clemson wins it. I think Notre Dame, yeah, they found some confidence, but they're, they're not going to be able to run the ball on Clemson like they did against Syracuse. I, I, I hope you are right. I, have, uh, I am more skeptical than, uh, than that. All right, NC State hosts Wake Forest. I wish I knew which NC State offense, not just which offense, but which offensive philosophy was going to show up for this game because when they had no other option, they showed that they could throw the ball. Now Virginia Tech, much like the comments about Virginia, Virginia Tech is sort of completely lost in the wilderness. But for the basically the last 20 minutes of that game, MJ Morris looked like a star. And all of a sudden, we had other wide receivers than Thayer Thomas making plays. I don't. I just don't know which philosophy is going to show up. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think the the first philosophy was was partly because you had Jack Chambers out there, and you didn't feel like he could really throw the ball. And and MJ Morris is obviously their guy now. He's listed as QB one. I, I like MJ Morris. I think he's super talented. I do think when you're the center of the game plan and and you're going up against Clawson and a Wake Forest team that's always prepared, it's going to be a little bit of a different challenge. But he's, he's definitely the better option, especially passing the ball. I'm more worried about the Wake Forest side here, Adam. How do you recover from one of, honestly, one of the biggest implosions I've ever seen, especially in, in one quarter? How do you recover from that? We've seen Sam Hartman have blow-up games. I think last year the ACC championship was a good example, but it wasn't that bad. I I don't think it was as bad as Louisville, and you were playing a lesser opponent. So I just don't know where Wake Forest goes from this mentally. You have to hope, okay, Sam Hartman, he's a a fourth-year guy. He's a veteran. He's dealt with this before. He can bounce back. But that O-line really struggled as well, and I think NC State's going to be able to get after him. I think NC State, weirdly enough, because we would not have said this a week ago, 
is in a much better position going into this game than Wake because, yeah, you should be able to flush a game and move on. But when it's that kind of performance, it can be difficult. Yeah, Hartman had back-to-back bad games last year against Carolina and then followed that up against NC State. Um, so I think State's obviously hoping that that will happen again. But as a uh, as an athlete, Kelly, did you ever experience anything like what Sam – I mean, it's one thing if a team turns the ball over. Mm-hmm. He turned it over six times in seven possessions. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And I've, Mac and I have actually talked about this in the podcast, and we both say that when you're the quarterback, it's just different. I mean, I can relate and say, yeah, I had a game where I was, you know, one for 11 from the field from a basketball standpoint. <laughs> but you, as a shooter, you're always thinking, okay, next one's going in. That happens. If you shoot 40% from three, you're a great shooter, so you can kind of bounce back. And it's basketball. Like, you can sit me down and put someone else in. You're the quarterback. The ball touches your hands every single play. So much of what Wake does revolves around him. And so I think the mental challenge of being a quarterback and bouncing back from a game like that is so unique in sports. I'm not sure there's any equivalent. Maybe, you know, maybe a starting pitcher back when we actually had starting pitchers because you know how much the game relies on that player. But it's very hard, even as a former athlete, to relate to that because I think being a quarterback is just such a different responsibility. Kudos to you for throwing in a shot at modern baseball. I appreciate that. <laughs> Kelly Gramlick, Gramlick and McLean podcast. See, uh, I, I want to transition to one more game for this week. Uh, you're not old enough to remember when Florida State Miami was a thing. Barely, barely. <laughs> I wish it was a thing. I wish we still had those great games. I mean, it used to be fifth Saturday of the season, so usually it was the first Saturday in October, and it was the game of the year from, like, mm-hmm. the mid-early 80s all the way through the 2000s, and then then we decided, all right, we're going to have this game start the season in the ACC, and, and it has not been the same since. The, the, the possibilities for this are endless and we just can't get either school. Florida State looks like they might be getting right. Uh, mm-hmm. Miami, just what happened to them? This whole, really both of these programs over the last five years have been baffling. And um, honestly, perhaps the worst case scenario for the Atlantic Coast Conference. But that's these things happening. Having FSU be down for multiple years, your premier program, the program with the best pedigree in history in your league is, frustrating but I do think I I really like what we've seen from FSU this year Mm -hmm. they're handling the teams they're supposed to handle they've had some really close loss but they've also won close games when you think of Louisville and uh, LSU so I think Florida State's definitely heading the right direction Miami I I think is just this scheme change and this coaching change and this culture change you have to build you have to break it down before you build it up that's what we're seeing at Miami and then of course when Tyler Van Dyke gets hurt he's out against Virginia and Jake Garcia is obviously not ready He's very turnover prone. That's an issue. I think one thing we aren't talking as much about, too, is the Xavier Restrepo injury. I know he's, he was back against Virginia, but when he got hurt before they went to A&M, I really thought they had a good chance to beat A&M. Without him, TVD did not have his go-to guy, right. and wide receivers did not step up and make plays. If they beat A&M, it feels like perhaps this season goes a little differently in terms of buy-in, but... You know, Mario Cristobal has to do what he can to save this locker room. I thought them winning the close game at Virginia when they could have just given up was a decent sign. But if Jake Garcia's playing, I, I really don't see them hanging with. 
I'm I'm with you on that. And the, just going back to the A and M game, I mean Miami had chances. They just had to settle for oh, field yeah. goals. So oh, yeah. you can't. You're not going to kick field goals and beat anybody, even though A and M's not that great. You just you got to get be able to, right, absolutely. You got to be able to get the ball in the end zone. Uh, the Gramlick and Mac Lane podcast available wherever you get your podcast. I appreciate your time, Kelly. Uh, we'll uh, we'll shout at Eric one day down the road. Who knows when? Uh, but we have your number, and that's your mistake. I appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Take care, Kelly Gramlick, Gramlick and Mac Lane podcast halftime. And now, 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 your halftime entertainment. entertainment. All right. Well, you know, it's Halloween. We've talked about it. Happy All the bump music today is Halloween themed. So if, just in case you haven't noticed yet. Are you going to put out a, uh, a playlist again like you I did mean, last I time? I can. I can. I kind of dabbled in it on Friday and tried to use yeah. spooky songs, but I saved the best for today. I so. haven't heard Monster Mash yet. Oh, just wait for it, Adam. <laughs> Don't just wait for it. It's coming. Um, but since it is Halloween, here's a, a little PSA. Apparently, Halloween is the most dangerous holiday for pedestrians, which makes sense, but it doesn't make sense that it's more dangerous during a weekday than a weekend. So apparently statistic-wise, it is more dangerous for people on a weekday to just be walking around at any point throughout the day. I'm going to apply logic here. Yes. In general, trick-or-treaters skew younger. They do. Right? Weekday means that we probably trick or treat earlier because school, bedtime, whatever. Makes sense. So more cars on the road weekdays versus Mm -hmm. weekends. Yes. All of that a uh, a nasty sense. combination. Yes. And so that's basically what it was saying is just because there's more people doing normal weekday things on a holiday, you just got to be a little more careful because kiddos and doggos and all these that are dressed up, which, by the way, tomorrow people need to be adding us with these costumes because I want to see Let's awesome see costumes. So see costumes. there's that. But, yes, so do be careful because even though it's a Monday, people are probably going to be tired, not paying attention, you know. So That's be- me. I <laughs> well, but also, while you're out and about today, tonight's Powerball is worth $1 billion. Yeah. So, go out and get it. But here's the thing. Uh, I only play it when it gets to a billion. Yeah, that's only, I have yeah. no interest in winning $820 million. Right. No, that's my that's my line. That's yeah. what I'm Once you get billion. in the Bs, then right. there we go. Uh, it's not worth it just to win <laughs> $820 million, I don't believe. Right. This is the second largest jackpot. Um, the other one was $1.59 billion back in 2016. But no one's hit the jackpot since August 3rd. So that it's was about wasn't time. that a billion also? Uh, it was two hundred and seven million, so below our standards. Oh yeah, Forget yeah. It. I wouldn't play it. No, no, uh, it'd waste your time on it's like it. Like a scratch off <laughs> at that point. <laughs> I know, oh, waste of time. But here, I had to, okay. Everyone has their numbers. Like if you do actually get lottery tickets, some people will use their birthdays, anniversaries. Maybe they have favorite numbers. Well, supposedly. There's actually lucky numbers because in New York, Take 5 Lottery does it twice a day, a midday drawing and an evening drawing. Well, last Thursday, the exact same numbers hit both times. Both times. So in case you're wondering, here they are. You can give them a shot. And if you win a billion dollars, just remember where you heard it. 18, 21, 30, 35, 
and 36. 18, 21, 30, 35, and 36? Yep. And I would not have picked any of those numbers. <laughs> like, if I were just picking numbers that were birthdays or numbers I like, none of those. So I would not have won. But good luck to anyone who tries to use that today. Well, Maybe you'll win. So the But the Powerball is five. It's, it's six numbers, isn't it? Yes, it should be. It should be six numbers, yeah. and the sixth number is the Powerball. Right. Yeah. You get the first five, and then fancy. the Powerball. I know. So who knows? Maybe somebody will win while they're trick or treating today. My, my mother-in-law bought a ticket for Saturday's drawing. Oh, right. Okay. So uh, n- not a winner. But the that she got the ticket had like ten tickets on it. Oh yeah. So right. I think we got two numbers. <laughs> Combined, <laughs> I know <laughs> of the to sixty numbers on the card. Yes, that's two. my luck. Yeah, like, are you kidding? Always the like, last time. Like, if you get a ticket with ten tickets on it, and you get no numbers, you should win. Exactly. It's harder to do that. You should I would win think. something if you get no numbers. <laughs> to get none of them, like we were talking about earlier, it's hard. It's just as hard to win and lose, but whatever. But yeah, yeah that's my luck when it comes to lottery. I I never hit anything like that. <laughs> Got to stick to scratch offs. But yeah, good luck to anyone who plays. Win scratch offs either. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll change. And while you're out and about, if you have some kids, they. There's a poll where they asked adults and kids between the ages of 8 and 14 which candies their uh, parents, it's okay if their parents eat. They wouldn't be upset and have right. a fit and, you know, all this stuff. So here are some of the candy that you can take and your kids aren't going to care one way or another. Apparently, Dove Dark Chocolate Bars, duh. Uh, Andy's Chocolate Mints, are people giving that out as candy? All right. I know. I didn't realize Those that are they awesome. did. They are delicious. Uh, Almond Joys, yeah, I can see that. I don't do coconut. Yeah, because uh, But I'm a big don't. York Peppermint Patty guy. <gasps> well, that is also on the list, so it's safe to steal from your kid's bag. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's all safe to steal from your kid's bag. <laughs> it is. It's all fair game. You had to pay a tax. That's what my parents always said. You got to pay the tax because I took you around trick-or-treating. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, Heath bars, mints, Butterfingers, Babe Ruth bars all of these are safe but however there is a list of what's not safe your kids will be very mad if you do this uh pop rocks airheads nerds gummy bears pop rocks are still a thing yes they are you remember you you don't remember this you're way too young to remember this but it, it was a uh was like a myth back in the day that if you drank Soda. Soda with Pop Rocks, like your head would explode. explode. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Oh, I know. And then, of course, there's always that kid in school that's like, no, see, I'll do it. And, yeah, they do it, and their head didn't explode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) It's kind of like the whole, uh, what did you put in uh, Coke to make it explode, like a Mentos or something like that? Yeah, that was another one of those experiments. I like that. See, when you didn't have all the, like, cell phones and stuff, this is what we did to entertain ourselves. (laughs) So, you know. Before video games. I know. We were all playing Space Invaders. (laughs) We were experimenting with Pop Rocks and Coca-Cola. One of these days, someone uh, on the Twitters uh, added me and said, we have to talk about arcade games that we have. Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting topic. And last but not least, uh, so... 
pumpkin. It's pumpkin season. It's spooky season. Well, there is benefits if you want to eat pumpkin, which I actually don't mind so much because I like sweet potatoes and squash. So it's good for your eyesight. It's good for your immune system because it's flu season. So that's good. Uh, It helps keep you limber, apparently. It's good for your skin and it can make you lose weight, possibly. Maybe not so much if it's pumpkin pie, but if you're eating it like a squash, then yeah. Yeah. I've never even thought about eating pumpkin that way. I do like some squash, though. Me too. Butternut squash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yum. So I'm sure you could probably do what you do with like a sweet potato, maybe. Put some like butter and cinnamon. Who knows? I just do the sweet potato with a little bit of butter. That's it. I don't need anything else. Love it. Sweet potato is just great on its own. I know. I know. So while you're carving pumpkins, if you want to eat it, (laughs) this is the health benefits that you can get from it. So that concludes our halftime Halloween entertainment. Very good.